Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Go Ask Alley, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I think like our vaginas have a lot to say. I think we should let them we'll speak. will stay out of it and they'll just talk. Yes. One of the hardest things to absorb for those who are new to these kinds of fights. Again, if we won all of them, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> if you see a monster, don't try to run away. Step right up to it and say, what do you have to teach me? Why are you in my mind? I want to be the person who has cancer and doesn't run a marathon. Like, do I have to work that hard? No, it's the best excuse not to run a marathon. Welcome to Go Ask Allie. I'm Allie Wentworth. I don't know about you, but I don't know if it's post-COVID or just getting older and perhaps wiser, but I've really been meditating on the idea of a simpler life. And by simpler, I mean cozier, smaller, warmer. I think there's a few things that we learned going through the pandemic about how our food can be simpler, our socializing can be simpler. And what's really important, what's sort of at the heart of everything is our family and our friends. And I look at my life and the years I lived in Hollywood and how now I'm a mom and a wife and I really love being home. In fact, I hate going out. I know that I've scaled back in so many ways. And I know people that are now, you know, knitting their own socks or growing their own vegetables. So are we all becoming more and more fascinated with the idea of a simpler life? 
long time ago, millions of years ago, when I was a little girl, there was a show on called Little House in the Prairie. And it honored and focused on these simple things. And it was about this little girl, Laura Ingalls, who I wanted to be, and just the fantasy of living on a prairie and life was about a kettle on the wood fire and quilts and one plaid dress and running down the hill with your dog. It just, everything seemed easy and less stressful and less anxious. And here to talk about her own journey towards simplicity is Laura Ingalls Wilder herself, Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert may always be best known as a child star of the hit television show, Little House on the Prairie. Melissa was just nine years old when the iconic series began in 1974. And by the time it ended in 1983, the world had watched Half Pint grow up. Since her days as Laura Ingalls Wilder, Melissa has continued her acting career, served two terms as the president of the Screen Actors Guild, and written four books, including her latest one, a memoir in the New York Times bestseller, Back to the Prairie, A Home Remade, A Life Rediscovered. In it, she shares her journey from glitzy Hollywood life to a fixer-upper deep in the Catskills, where the only sparkle to be found is the stars in the sky. So basically, Melissa has become Laura Ingalls Wilder. Okay, Melissa Gilbert. So I met you for 20 seconds. And here's the thing about getting older is you intuit more about things. Uh, You and I were both on Good Morning America. Yes, we were. Pitching our Bibles, pitching our books. And I walked away after all we had to do was do a tease to a commercial. And I went, I like her. She's Uh, she's good people. You know what? This episode is called I Want to Be Friends with Melissa Gilbert. That's it. That's the headline. uh, And everything else is just uh, icing on the cake. So um, I will start with one of the things that you wrote that I loved, which is external matters more than the internal. And the reason I kind of love that quote is because I lived in Los Angeles for a million years and I you know, I was kind of a, I was a fat teenager. I didn't sort of rely on the exterior. And then I found when I was out in LA, I wasn't the girl that went to the gym. You know, I was like, oh, I'll be the funny sidekick. You know, I'm going to, I'll stay in that lane. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've watched so many women that I used to know in LA who got caught up in that web of, I have to be perfect and beautiful and young. And it's, um, and to me, it's such a cautionary tale because, the depth they've gone to to you know remain in the in fountain of eternal youth has been very difficult to watch yeah it's hard it was completely impossible for me to to do anymore it's exhausting trying to fight a natural process to fit into a mold that everybody else feels you should be in it's fruitless and pointless and frustrating i mean you know how many 50 year old ingenues are there. I'm sadly <laughs> quite a few who think they are <laughs> and are trying to be. Yeah, and I remember uh a few years ago my agent saying, "Yeah, there's no more roles for you." And I said, well, "I don't understand what that means." And he said, "There's no more roles for women of your age." And I was like, well, does Diane Lane know this? <laughs> like, <laughs> could, you, could you tell the rest of us? Yeah, please? and I thought it, it it hit me on such a deep level that I 
ended up going out and creating a show called Nightcap, which was on Pop TV, which is a network no one had ever heard of. But for me, it fueled this kind of thing of I'll show you there's no roles for women my age. Um, and it the anger sort of got me ignited to do this. But I I guess I've always fought against that. You know what I mean? And whenever somebody says, no, you can't, or there's no roles for you, or you have to look like this, I go, I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah. And I think you have that in you too. Yeah, that's, I definitely do. I spent almost my entire life just pinning my hands behind my back and saying, watch this, Mm -hmm. right? And leaning forward and I'll just create my own opportunities. Then I'll write something like you did. And and I think that a lot of that, that tenacity, you know, it, it's important and it's especially important as women and women who are older, they, there's this, I don't know why, but our, we tend to be forgotten and pushed away and looked through and, you know, we start to become invisible and like, you know, cute old ladies. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. And I, I read your book, um, the last one, like in a day, I loved it, but there's a thing that we hopefully get that I have that I see in you too, this kind of grounded, centered, this is me. I like ice cream. (laughs) I'm unapologetic. I've earned my opinions. I know what I don't want in this world. And the other thing that is so stupid that they're underestimating is we're the consumers. Why they're not selling to us is beyond me. I completely agree. I completely, and by the way, we're also watching the shows. So start creating content with themes and stories and people that look like us because that's who's watching television and streaming. Yeah. We are your advertising dollars. We are exactly who the people you should be focused on. And it's just so mindlessly youth, 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 youth oriented. And yes, we do need content for young people, but come on, there's the rest of us here too. I completely agree. And by the way, I have a 88-year-old mother who has was a, is a formidable person who did all kinds of amazing things in her life. And she says to me all the time, there's nothing out there for me. There's that Jane Fonda show, but I don't look like her. I'm 88 years old. Don't put me out to pasture. Yeah, 100%. My mom's the same. She's 86. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because um, we are very similar now, but we didn't grow up in a very similar way. You were a child star. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of fascinated with that world because uh, one of my friends is Brooke Shields. And I say to her all the time, you should be dead or in rehab. I don't understand how you're doing dishes or, or trying to make a lasagna right now because of that insanity that you guys went through at such a young age. I mean, you were in the entertainment factory when your frontal lobe is still developing, you saw things that <laughs> one shouldn't see at such a young age. Yeah. But but look at you now. So why? What, what are the things that it took to get you to be sitting here with a healthy marriage in a fabulous cabbage cottage <laughs> and with a with a dog <laughs> chewing on a chew toy next to you? Like, what is that arc? It's a, it's a it's long arc. And I think the, the, the most important thing for me was about 30 years of therapy, really. 
I, it, it took a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations with, I can't tell you how many former kid actors and child stars. I even produced a documentary for A&E several years ago with um, my friend Tony Dow, who just passed recently. It was called Child Stars, Their Story. And by and large, the common thread, and I even had a conversation this weekend. I, I for the first time, met Corey Feldman and had this conversation wow. with him. Wow. The problem wasn't so much the factory or the studio, although that did have its issues and the sets and the business. It was the way our families handled it and our family dynamics. The more dysfunctional the family, the more uh, deadly it could be with the kids. Um, and and the interesting thing I talked about with Corey Feldman was, um, you know, we, we kind of quickly touched on people we knew in common. And, and then I told him I'd seen his documentary and we, we touched on that. And I was talking about um, my son. Somehow I brought up my son, Michael, who had gone on tour with me in a musical. And, you know, because we were saying we wouldn't have professional kids. And I said, I, I took him with me and I watched him like a hawk. He was with me. So there was nothing going to happen. But he was telling me his son just turned 18. And I said, don't you find it, did you find it incredibly healing that, because with me, when I turned 18, like when he turned 18, then you get your Coogan money and now you're an adult and now you're responsible for everything. And there's just all this weird stuff that happens when you're a kid actor and you turn 18. And watching my sons, all four of them turn 18, so just blithely, like it was just another number, was actually really healing for me. And I asked him if he noticed that too. And he said, absolutely, 100%. He said, because my kid's a kid. Do you feel like you were robbed of a childhood at all? I mean, do you feel like you couldn't go out and be just a girl on the run? I I felt responsible to behave a certain way in public because I felt like I was an example to other kids, Yeah, which was a thing I probably put on myself more than anything. Um, I also made the mistake once of reading a fan letter. Um, I wasn't really privy to all of that stuff. And I snuck into the room where the fan mail was and I pulled one fan letter out. And it happened to be one from a little girl who said, my daddy says he'll hit me less if I'm more like you. Oh, my God. And I think I was 11. That's too much. Yeah. And that was like, I took that on. For yes, sure. of course. I felt immensely responsible now for her well-being too. So, of course. Um, yeah, there were there were things. Now, I, I don't. My childhood was my childhood, and I was really lucky. I grew up on a set that was really kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have, you know, we played, we did stuff, we got dirty. I had, you know, the requisite broken bones and sore throats. The thing for me was unlike other kids, I still had to go to work. Yeah even with a sore throat and broken bones. And did you still have, you know, all the things sort of young adults have, which is the first kiss? I mean, was all that somewhat protected? I I think about my teenagers in COVID, you know, and I always said like they should be out robbing liquor stores and getting pregnant, like all the, all the teens do, but they were stuck (laughs) with their parents, you know, watching documentaries. But did you feel like you had kind of all the typical milestones of childhood? I did. I did. Yeah. And much to my mother's credit, because my father my father had passed away when I was 11. And so my mother was my primary parent all my life. Um, she, she was actually very protective of me. So I didn't go on my first date till I was 16. I wasn't allowed to pierce my ears till I was 18. Um, and then, of course, you know, I turned 18 and pierced my ears three and four times. Oh, of course. Um, Not just your ears, I would imagine. 
I no, actually, it was at that point. It was just my. Well, no, I've never pierced anything but okay, my ears. Good. I have tattoos. That's another conversation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I. I kind of got a little nuts in my early 20s. That's when I really, like, I just went a little wild. And um, no different than anybody else who was in college, I would imagine. Right. I think my life my life was like a frat party. It just happened to be a Hollywood frat party. And they weren't frat boys. They were brat boys. Right. <laughs> brat pack boys. So it, it was a little different. Right. And, you know, people were watching what we were doing. But I also came up at a time where paparazzi were just paparazzi and VIP rooms were still VIP rooms. So you could go to the back and just act like idiots and nobody really cared. Now everyone's got a phone, so everyone's a paparazzo. So there's really no privacy anywhere. So, you know. Yeah. Um, So you are nestled up in your cabbage, your term, which is a cabin in a cottage, right? You're there right now. No, actually I'm not. Oh. I'm in our apartment in the city. Melissa's married to the director, Timothy Busfield. <laughs> um, this is our two weeks of um, doctor's appointments and follow-ups. Who's having a colonoscopy this week? We are both meeting with the <laughs> gastroenterologist tomorrow to have our colonoscopy consultations. I love that you asked that. Oh, but you're not having a couple's colonoscopy? Because that's fun. Well, we, we, we've talked about... Well, I mean, if you want to get really into this, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, t- come on. Tim, Tim, are you okay with me talking about He's a thumbs up. Um, we talked about doing it at the same time and just having a his or hers. Yeah. But our apartment here in the city is a nice, perfect little pied a terre, one bedroom, one bathroom. Oh, yeah. So prep day could get a little hectic with the two of us doing it at the same time. And this, the, the plumbing in this building is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So I think we might want to stagger. I think you should stagger or somebody should maybe go to a hotel. Yeah, maybe. Because you, it'll be very competitive and there's somebody's going to lose the race. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Competitive is good. And your dog <laughs> is going to get a mixed message about what he's allowed to do around the apartment. Exactly. And I sort of like in my head, I picture the scene in the bathroom and bridesmaids, you know, and I, yes. it just doesn't seem smart. There's a lot more to come after this short break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back with more Go Ask Allie. You did buy this cabbage, cabin, <laughs> cabin cottage. Yes, cabbage. I conflated the two words and it stuck. So now it's the cabbage. Which is a fantastic word. And I feel like in this world of Pinterest and everything and, you know, the cottage cozy culture, that cabbage may have a life of its own. Like it could be a whole industry that people could tap into. That could be monetized by you. It could be. Well, I do have the Modern Prairie website. We just launched a lifestyle thing. So I have it. It's a place for women, 45 and older particularly, to share their experience, their thoughts, their ideas, their skills. All of the women that we promote as our mavens and our makers are, um, all of our products are made by women and everything has a story. And we have a, a wellness section and then there's kitchen and home and garden and all of that. Which is so fantastic because I think particularly, knock on wood, coming out of this pandemic, I think people are realizing that there's a coziness that they want to keep, that there's a connection to community and family and friends that, that they want to nourish. There is a kind of metaphoric and physical kind of back to basics, what's important yep. that I'm trying to hold on to, which seems like you've really tapped into. Yeah, it's the simple things that really mattered. Look, when when you back it all up to a couple of years ago, and we couldn't, as a nation, get toilet paper, everything else mm-hmm. falls away. I, You know, a, what's a manicure? What's a, a spa day? What's a... I mean, all of these things become so wildly unimportant. And um, I found 
that I really enjoy that simplicity and that I don't, I, like you, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to go back to what we were. I learned so much about myself and, and Tim and I together found this place of true peace and tranquility and quietness. And, you know, we've got chickens and we have our garden and I'm constantly just dirty and sticky and sweaty and happy. And we cook, we go to, I mean, we're, we are old fuddy duddies. We go to sleep at 10. We wake up at six. We go to bed at eight, so we are more fuddy-duddies than you. You are the (laughs) fuddy-duddiest. Yes, because George does get up at three o'clock in the morning to do GMA, so. Right, well, yeah, and yeah. That's not my excuse, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I like a lot of sleep, and I'm going to go to bed with my husband, so, you know. I'm the same way. Sleep is one of my favorite things to do. It may be my favorite activity ever. I get into it. Like, I care about the pillow. I love a pajama if George allows me to keep them on. I like the whole nesting process. We have two dogs that bury it. Like, it's a whole Eskimo thing that we have going on in our house, which I love. We, we're the exactly the same. The bed is the center of the house. And when we travel, we take our sheets. You know, I'm a, I'm a big princess in the pee person and I love my bedding. I totally get it. Are you going to be selling bedding on your website? You know, we haven't talked about that yet. Maybe. I don't know. Right now, the only textiles we have are kitchen. We're really focused on kitchen because women, the, the women who have subscribed so far really want to hear the kitchen stuff. And then we did something really interesting. Um, I did a, a little Instagram, Facebook live thing with a woman I love. Her name is Christine Semple and she's a life coach, but she's like, she's, she's a gnarly, fantastic life coach. And she's just all about simplicity and loving yourself. That's really what you got to do. And like starting so small, just smile at yourself in the mirror. That's like it. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's amazing. So we did this, this forum together and we put out a questionnaire to our members and said, what do you want us to focus on? And the number one subject that came back was grief, grieving and healing. And so we're just now putting together another forum with my best friend, Sandy, who lost her firstborn son when he was 16 to meningitis. And then not only recovered from the grief herself, but also became a grief counselor and then wrote a book on it called How to Survive the Worst That Can Happen, which is like a step-by-step workbook on how to get through that if if it's at all possible. If it's possible, yeah. And so we're going to start with that. And so these are the kind of things that I, I want that sort of sense of community back that we don't have anymore because we're also, we were so siloed before COVID because of politics and then COVID. And social media. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you got some, you know, people, George Carlin, um, who's one of my favorite stand-up comics in the whole world, once said, the degree to which a person is an asshole grows exponentially the further away you are from them physically. So if you're across the room from that guy, you go, that guy's an asshole. But if he's standing here, you go, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> and social media has made it even worse. People yeah. will say the most horrible things, but they would never say them to your face. Right. And I think that it really got exacerbated when we were all locked down too. And then and then the politics and the the heat of the, that summer and the social unrest and the racial reckoning and all of that stuff just exploded. And nobody knows how to – I mean, most people don't know how to be kind anymore. It's like we all forgot how to be polite at least. 
And it's, you know, it's getting worse. It is getting worse. But one thing I wanted to say about sort of going back to basics and community is one thing I've noticed about women our age is that we can finally, like my friend Katie used to say, we no longer have to be sexy, sexy. We get to wear big straw hats and grow tomatoes now. And we just need to, you embrace that next chapter. You go... I'm good with this. So what have I learned and what do I want to do? And one thing that I've realized, you know, I discovered clamming during the pandemic. But I, I realized that part of the book too. <laughs> I want to go. I, oh, I will take you anytime. I really will. Absolutely. I went yesterday actually and got a hundred clams. And it was so it, it is just so it's my meditation. And I now I don't even use the rake. I sit in the sand and I just use my hands and I pull them up and then I give them all away. I give them, give a bunch to the vet, local vet and the, this, you know, and I realized that I have another friend who used to be Obama's chief of staff and she now is an upstate making jam. And so we find these things that of course, when you're 22, you know, you don't, it's not cool to be like, Hey, I make jam. But I knit. <laughs> yeah, I knit. She makes jam, but like it's so delicious now that she's like driving it down to Zabar. You know, it, it's now it's like baby boom. But I know so many women that have found these, you know, she she's making it into a business, but s- small things that bring us so much joy. And they're simple. They're really simple things. It is simple. You have to, at least I did this. I came to this moment where I thought, well, what am I going to do with this last third of my life? Am I still going to keep pushing and rushing and doing and going? I mean, to the point of even when I was running for office years ago, is that the direction I want to go? Or do I really want to lean into this peaceful, settled, you know, I, I love having freedom. I don't really feel particularly consciously ambitious. Um, I'm still wildly competitive. I always will be. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've taken the pressure off to have to win. I just compete with myself now. I don't have to beat anybody else. And um, I just, I think a lot of women are at this age reassessing. What is this last third? I want the freedom to be at my, our kids are all over the country. I want to go see the grandkids whenever mm-hmm. I have free time. I don't want to lock myself in to doing things that... Um, I don't want to do anymore. And right. one of the one of the things I've learned to do is how to say no. And I, you know, spent so much of my life saying yes to everything. Well, that's a hard lesson, by the way. No matter what you do, where you are, you know, that you learn to say no to, especially with people that don't make you feel good. Like I used to accept every invitation. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Me too. Of course, I'm wanted, so I'm going to show up. And it wasn't until I married George that he went, what What are you doing? Yeah. You know, don't be so easy. And he, and he sort of taught me and his great thing was, you know, so-and-so's invited us to a barbecue. Pretend it's happening right now. Do you want to go? And I, it oh, was always great. no. You know that's what I mean? That's great. No, I would rather sit, be sitting here and reading a book with you. And, you know, it was always saying yes for other people. Always, never for myself. Yep, the same, exactly the same. And now that I'm saying no to so many of these things and we don't do these things because we don't want to, when we actually go to something, it means something. And people who know us that know that we're not out all the time, but if we show up, it's because we really care. 
I'm thinking of like little things. A friend of mine, Isabel Gillies, wrote a book called Cozy, and it's all about things like little things in life that you can find that are just cozy. And one of the things she says is cozy is making dinner in the summer in your bathing suit. And I was thinking about cozy things in your life. And one of them is, and and correct me if I'm wrong, when you guys have guests come to your cabbage, you take a Polaroid picture of them and hang it on the wall. Yeah. Which is such a lovely thing because it's not only very artistic and creative, but I love that, you know, you, the guest sort of lives on forever until until they come back. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes it it makes the cabbage that much more special because people leave their imprint behind. And we want people to know that they leave an imprint on us, too. So um, I have to go back to one thing when you were talking about being a child star and that whole thing of Hollywood. Um, are you still friends with Rob Lowe? I know you guys were engaged. <laughs> no, we, we, I, I don't, I, I talk to Chad Lowe more than I talk to Rob Lowe and that's not even very often. That was just something I'm, that I didn't know about you. And when I read it, I went, look at that. But he's, he's not somebody though, that you, you put in your documentary about child stars. Well, no, because he didn't really, he wasn't really a, a child star. We got together, we were the same age when we were 17. And he didn't do The Outsiders till we were 18. And I was still on Little House on the Prairie then. Wait, how old were you when you were engaged? 23. We'd been together like six years when we got engaged. Still, 23 is so young. No kidding. But I still managed to become a mother at 24. So Yes, you did. But that's interesting because I was engaged a few times. But I only said yes, because I didn't want to upset them. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> but I knew I was going to marry them. <laughs> you had to learn how to say no. I know, literally. You would have done it now. If they asked you now, you would have said no. Oh, yes, I would have. Well, I said no, then mm -hmm. I just was like, I didn't want to upset them at the beginning. But <laughs> I was 36 when I got married. And I feel like that's kind of the right time. Actually, it is. Like I tell my daughters to just, you know, you don't know what you want. And I said, you know, there's a reason I dated the French director and the this and that. And now out in the world, I don't look at any human being and go, oh, I wonder what that's like. Yeah, me too. Same, same. I just go, oh, I, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, keep that away from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mm -hmm. think before I went into therapy, I put myself in jeopardy all the time in so many different ways just by having no boundaries. Yeah. Dating someone who didn't treat me right, being engaged to someone who didn't treat me right, marrying someone I probably should not have. I'm glad I did because I have a gorgeous son out of it. But I look back now and go, oh my God, what was I doing? I was. It was all so dramatic and melodramatic and needlessly crazy. And under the microscope. And under the microscope. But you know, if you take any of it away, I don't get to hear. So that's right. It was all worth it. And I learned a lot and I tried to impart a lot of those lessons onto mm -hmm. the boys. And then now consequently with the grandchildren who are predominantly female so far. Ooh. So I now have all these ladies around me, which is that's so great. That's exciting. Yeah. Which is also making me f much more fierce mm -hmm. politically because <laughs> now we're talking about my granddaughters and Yes. I don't. I'm not having it. I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. 
Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome back. Speaking of your granddaughters and what's happening, what did you learn from your few years in politics? Because I grew up around it. You know, I grew up in D.C. Everybody was a political journalist. I can't believe I ended up marrying George Stephanopoulos. You know, I thought I'd marry (laughs) Timothy Busfield. But I was so granted it was during Watergate, but I found politics so corrupt. I hated it. Everybody in D.C. was having affairs. People were breaking into the Watergate. And I ran off and went to NYU and then went to L.A. And so I'm fascinated by someone like you who was out in Hollywood. And then you had your congressional run in 2016 for a seat in Michigan as a Democrat, correct? Yeah. Michigan's 8th district. And 
what are your takeaway from that experience? You know, my political activism, it, it was always there to a certain extent. It was very issue oriented. It was either I was speaking out on behalf of abused children or women's rights, medical rights and rights to choose. And then I became the president yeah. of Screen Actors Guild. And while I was president of Screen Actors Guild, I also got elected to the AFL-CIO Executive Council. And so I then got my feet really wet in that political union world. And it was a whole other ball game. And it really piqued my interest. So when they came to me and asked me to run on, Tim and I talked about it quite a bit. I definitely went into it naively. I knew it was going to be hard. What I discovered was I don't like to do things where I have to fit into a mold. And I, the thing that really backed me up, aside from people not listening to my opinion necessarily or Tim's opinions and just kind of shooting us down because this is the way it's done, the thing that really got me was when they sat me down and said, look, we all know you're funny. And that's great, but could you dial the humor back when you're out amongst the people because they need to take you seriously as a politician? That got me. And then the other thing that got me was I had two wardrobes. I had the candidate's clothes and then I had my clothes. And, you know, a lot of nice Calvin Klein sheath dresses with a blazer and a sensible shoe mm -hmm. and my little linen overalls and T-shirts. And we were having a fundraiser in a beer garden in Detroit with the head of the DCCC and the, the Michigan Democratic candidates. So I had on jeans and a t-shirt and a blazer, <laughs> albeit an Armani blazer, but jeans and a t-shirt and a blazer. And my campaign manager came to pick me up and said, you can't wear jeans. And I said, we're going to a beer garden. <laughs> yeah, you should be in jean shorts. There's sawdust on the floor. And he said, no, you, you got to change. And oh. That's when I thought, oh, this is just, this is not going to go well. But I put up with it, was willing to do it. And then my body gave out, my spine, my spine literally left the building. My neck went kablooey. I had to have surgery. The recovery was like eight weeks. I wouldn't have been able to do anything physically. Everybody went, nope, you can't. We're going to have to find someone else. And I had just gotten the nomination, the Democratic nomination. So When was this, 2016? 16. Now- can you imagine if I'd gotten elected? Nope. <laughs> I can't either. I would have lost my mind. Yes, I think you would have. I don't think I could have operated in there in that atmosphere. But I think what you have held on to and what led you in the first place was you have very strong thoughts and ideas and values that make you an activist. And so that's still there, right? The passion is still there. The passion is definitely there. I disagree with your campaign manager. I think if you were authentically yourself, you would have done just as well, if not better. Yeah, I think back then, too, people were still a little afraid and trying to keep everyone in the cookie cutter mold. And I think when Trump got elected, all that sort of went out the window. And now we have, you know, this sort of free for all of all these people. But I think that Tim and I, because if there's anyone who's maybe even more of a feminist and a supporter of women's issues, it's him. Mm -hmm. He and I feel like we're both better boots on the ground at this point. Like in 2020, we launched a podcast. We only did it for a little while. We just did it through the election. And it was really politically driven. We were getting our opinions and ideas about politics across and, and endorsing and talking about the candidates we respected and the candidates we didn't. But, you know, it just, it, it got to be a lot. Mm -hmm. That's not to say we won't do it again. I don't know. We're talking now about shooting some videos of a character I created when we lived in Michigan. 
a gal named Tammy Krippenfister, and we may actually get our points across <laughs> using Tammy. And, you know, Tammy is a big, uh, well, she's she's from Minnesota originally, but, you know, now she lives in Michigan, but Minnesota's better, but she's up. She loves that Trump. <laughs> so she might actually make an appearance if she needs to, to talk about just the wonderful things he's going to do. Oh, God, I would love to hear from her. I'd like to hear a nice, healthy debate with her. I could have a nice debate. You could debate her. We could do that. I would love to debate her. We could make that happen. She doesn't think that he might go to jail or she think Trump has a shot? Oh, no, he's not going to jail. He didn't do anything wrong. It's all those other people. You know, it was a big false flag. Oh, boy. I can't wait till Tammy's unleashed, boy. Yeah, she's fun. What are your five favorite things in life right now that just bring you happiness and bliss? Besides your husband and your kids. Oh, come on. That was going to be my first. I know. I know. That's a given. Yeah. Your dog? Well, I love her. Yeah. She's really, our neighbors actually told us this about her and they're right. She's a good citizen. She's a good citizen. She really is a good citizen. I mean, this is a dog who on her own, when she walks in New York City, nobody told her to do this. She pees on the sidewalk. She poops in the gutter. She's a good citizen. But do you still pick it up in the gutter? Oh, yeah, because we're also good citizens. I'm just making sure she is owned by good citizens. (laughs) So the dog, I love. I love my home. Mm -hmm. I love life up there. I love knitting and Mm (laughs) cross-stitching in my recliner. Oh, by the way, the recliner is something that you fought against, that your husband, Timothy, wanted to buy. And by the way, every heterosexual couple, I feel, has this fight where the man wants to bring in the ugliest chair he could possibly find. I had that with George. I threw it away. And you now live in it. It's my chair. You curl up in it. I do. I stretch out and love that I fall asleep in it. I watch television in it. I clean it with (laughs) Murphy's oil soap Mm -hmm. because it's, I don't even know if it's like some sort of crazy pleather. It's a nagahide or something god awful. So you treat it like it's your saddle a little bit. It is. It's my, yes, it's exactly right. So I'll add that to the list, actually. I love my recliner. Let me tell you something that I'm looking forward to. I want to get two recliners so that Timothy, or in my case, George, has a recliner himself and cover it in that faux sheepskin. So it's not only cozy and goes back and the foot thing comes up, but you're in sheepskin. So it is so cozy, you'll never get up. It'd be like sleeping in an Ugg. Yeah. (laughs) So for Timothy, because he can't hear us talking, I think a Christmas gift or a Hanukkah gift should be his own recliner in sheepskin. You'll thank me. This will be like the greatest marriage tip I could give another couple. This is true. And what would end up happening is that he'd end up with the Naga hide and I'd end up with- I know. Okay. Just so you know. No, no. The undercurrent is all about you, taking care of you. Thank you. Okay, good. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Just so we're clear. Yeah. And your website, your website of which you're curating these incredibly- Crafty Women. Crafty Women and Wonderful Products at www.modernprairie.com. I'm on it. It's really fun. And our community is really growing and I'm really happy. Really happy. I think women are going to love it. I think here comes a big statement that it's just 
going to cause problems. But I think that our whole democratic system is threatened by the idea of women coming together. Because I think when women come together, a lot of seismic things happen. And I think even on a website, when women come together with their own creativity, it's powerful too. So I think collectively, the more times we can sort of grab each other's hand, it's an incredibly powerful thing. Look, I just looking at the picture of you guys on the beach walking for, um, was on Instagram. Oh, Joyful Heart. For Joyful Heart. And I did a play reading for Joyful Heart, gosh, years ago here in the city. And just that alone, that was a group of women walking for something they truly believed in and supported and supporting one another. And it, it is, it's very powerful. And you can't, when you join women together like that, the most extraordinary things get done. Absolutely. Just talking to you, Melissa, I am empowered and happy. And you brought me good feelings and and I feel enlightened and happy. So thank you. So before I let you go, mm-hmm. in my podcast, Go Ask Allie, I like to turn the tables a little bit so it's not just me asking a bunch of questions and say, you get to ask me a question about anything. Oh, gosh. Okay. So many dumb questions that went through my head, like just do something stupid, like panties or a thong or like, pick one or something. But then I realized there's actually a real question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my favorite movies is It's Complicated, but one of my favorite, well, two of my favorite scenes are the ladies together scenes. Mm-hmm. Again, here we are with women talking with women and empowering women and you had a female director I just, this is like a dumb general question. What was it like? Did you have the best time with them? Was it a dreamy set or was it weird or what? Yes. And I'm glad you picked that because I would be honest about anything. And this was a good one because, you know, I'd been on sets before that weren't friendly and, you know, and you have to be funny and you're calling your agent crying. So this was so good. And I was so intimidated you know, because it was a Nancy Myers film. It was Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin. It's one of those you don't sleep two nights before the gig. Oh, yeah. So I came on set and the first thing we shot was the dinner scene. And it was if I had known them my whole life. And we laughed. And I was, of course, eating the food because it was so Nancy had really delicious, amazing food always on set, even a tray of gooey French cheeses that were off to the side that you never even saw on camera, but you could smell. And at one point, Meryl said, Allie, if you keep taking a bite, (laughs) you're going to have to keep eating because Nancy's going to do like 40 takes. Oh, wow. And so when Nancy would yell cut, it wasn't like we would all disperse and go to our trailers. We would sit in the sofas and we would talk about Bernie Madoff. We would exchange carrot cake recipes. Rita was constantly having hot flashes. So we would all like wave magazines at her. And it was, you know, I think the reason that it felt good watching it was because it was authentically nice and cozy and it's everything you would hope it to be. So it was the best experience. I hated leaving the set at night and I just love all the women that I got to do it with. Oh, that's so cool. And and I got to follow up. I can't, I can't just let it go. You can follow up. How much of it was improv and how much of it was written, would you say, like roughly percentage-wise? I would say it was all scripted. All scripted. Wow. Yes, it was all scripted. Nancy, she sticks to the script. I mean, I played kind of as much as I could, but 
It was a ball. Oh. It was absolutely a ball. Oh my gosh. Melissa, this was so great. This was not work at all. This was just fun. And this was my podcast. I want to be friends with Melissa Gilbert. Did I succeed? You did. I seriously want to come clamming. I'm a hundred percent serious. Well, and then I'm coming upstate because there's a lot of stuff upstate I love to do. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I like antiquing up there. I like raspberry picking up there. I like the whole upstate scene. Great. And I have such awe and respect for you. And I can't wait to take you clamming. Really. We're holding you to it. Bring your wellies. I will. And the dog. Oh, yeah. No, we won't be able to get her out of the water. But yes, I'll bring her. I love it. Thank you for listening to Go Ask Allie. I might be crazy, but I think Melissa Gilbert's next show is coming off the prairie and clamming with Allie. I don't know, but it smells like a hit. If you'd like to know more about Melissa, you can follow her on Instagram at Melissa Gilbert Official. You got to read her book, Back to the Prairie, A Home Remade, A Life Rediscovered. And her website, which I can't wait to click onto, is modernprairie.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and follow me on social media on Twitter at Allie E. Wentworth and on Instagram at The Real Allie Wentworth. Now, if you'd like to ask me a question or suggest a guest or topic, I'd love to hear from you. And there's a bunch of ways you can do it. You can call or text me at 323-364-6356. Or you can email a voice memo right from your phone to goaskalliepodcast at gmail.com. If you leave a question, you might hear it on Go Ask Allie. Go Ask Alley is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.